Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. Now, I got a weird question for you. Do you get a little competitive in the business world? Do you get really frustrated, especially when you lose to unworthy competition or maybe even worthy competitors? Well, today we are talking about how to use positioning to stomp the competition. So you're going to like this one today. Now, Daisy, when it comes to positioning, I find that people really don't understand it. It starts getting really murky around positioning, branding, strategy. So talk to me about how do you explain positioning when you're untangling the spaghetti? I would say that your brand is answering the question, who are you? And brand positioning or market positioning is answering the question, where are you? And this is because everyone has an internal landscape, things that they compare one brand to against another, or even just against the other things that they might pay attention to or they might be doing instead of working with your organization. So when you think about your brand positioning, it's all about the ecosystem that your brand lives within. And you need to have a strong understanding of what that is so you can brand yourself and position yourself on purpose. Ooh, so well said. Honestly, until we get into the deeper dive, I cannot add anything to it because it is that straightforward and people need to keep it clear in their mind, which is really what we're talking about today. Now, the other thing is that there are quite a number of symptoms that both you and I see where even if our clients don't realize they have a positioning problem, we are already kind of going through the list like, uh-oh, okay, we know where the root cause is. So what are some of the things that you see common with clients that where you start identifying, okay, I think this is a positioning issue? One of the common things that I see with uh, improper or inadequate positioning is that marketing turns into a shouting contest because everybody's trying to attract the attention of the same audience, saying much of the same things. And if you're in a shouting match with someone who has 10 times or 100 times the budget that you do, you're going to lose that battle. The next thing that I would say is that you start seeing your losing out to competitors who should never, ever beat you in a head-to-head competition. It's just not right. I call them your pesky competitors. You've heard me say that before. And there's a reason for that. It's because people are making the wrong comparisons when they're looking at your brand versus your competition. And the other thing that I see is that in the sales process, there's a lot of misunderstanding. Salespeople will come to me and say, hey, I keep on having to answer this specific question. Or people think we do this, but we don't even do that. What's going on? It's about positioning. Absolutely. You know, one of the big ones that I see is clients who have to compete on price even though they know that they are better or faster or any of the other ors or estesis, right? But you are constantly having to go straight to the pricing pricing conversation. So that's really where I see a major one come up. Also, there's a lot of internal wrangling around maybe we should try this, maybe we should try this, maybe this message. They're constantly changing their deck. They're constantly wondering if they need a new tagline. They're constantly thinking maybe we should just throw this other new thing out there. And they never really can figure out, is it the tactics? Is it the message? Is it the approach? Is it the person? And there's just this never ending round and round and round. And one of the other things that that leads to that I see very frequently is longer sales cycles and even more 
no decision decisions, not just that they lost to the competitors, like you mentioned earlier, but no decision. Now, one thing about this that you guys need to understand is the most common competitor you will lose to is indecision. Now, when we see this, it might be because the entire industry is poor at positioning. And so there might be a trend of commoditization, which is very dangerous to your bottom line, but this can be even an industry positioning issue. And if you're in that situation, wow, can you win really quickly? If you're the one to provide the map to the market that you are the premier or the best choice for them. Any final ones that you've seen or anything that we're missing? I would just say that changing tactics never fixes your positioning. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, sister, <laughs> preach. <laughs> it's, it's something that is always strategic and it's always at the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. This ad is brought to you by The Marketing Blender. As you guys know, I'm a fractional CMO. And actually at The Marketing Blender, there's a whole team of us. For a fraction of the cost of a full-time executive, you can hire a chief marketing officer to write your marketing plan, to clean up your messaging and your positioning, and to drive sustainable results. We oversee multiple partners, we help mentor team members, and most importantly, we build a marketing machine that will drive results for your company for years to come. If you're curious about what this looks like, and some of our engagements go from a couple months to a couple years, check out themarketingblender.com. So one of the things that I immediately want to dive into when we're thinking about positioning is that Daisy earlier mentioned positioning is about where you are, not just what you do. And where is about being compared to something. I'm here and I need to get here. And what are the different things that I saw along the way? So there is no left without a right. There is no up without a down. Our brains understand things based on what we compare it to. And your positioning in the market is absolutely no different. And I think people misunderstand this, Daisy, because people start to think, oh, but we are this, what they believe about themselves, but that's not true at all. It's what people interpret and perceive about who they are and what they're compared to. And that's positioning. They don't really own it. But they can't influence it. I think this is where a lot of people run into confusion because the people that don't worry about or think about or contemplate their positioning, they're saying it's fine for my customers and my competitors to decide what my position is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you want to be able to steer that ship in the right direction but you have to understand the context within which you're working in order to do that. Absolutely true. Now you've done quite a number of positioning exercises, especially for some reason in the last two years, I think it's because of all the technology companies that we work with and just the explosion of new tech, which creates positioning issues right from the get go. So you definitely have a checklist and approach that you really love to whiteboard. And I, but it's, it's so fun to sit in on these sessions. So why don't you share with everybody, what are some of the things that you're testing and challenging your clients on in order to really identify their position and how to message that? When we look at brand positioning and market positioning, we always start with understanding the competitive landscape. And I cannot tell you how many times I've talked with B2B company owners who tell me, oh, we don't pay attention to what the competition does. We know we're better than they are. 
that does not matter and has a very dangerous attitude to have. So you must be willing to look at what your competitors are saying, because remember, you're not talking to your customers in a vacuum. They're being influenced and impacted by everything that they're hearing in the market. So number one, you have to be willing to look at what makes you truly different. So that ch first checklist that you go through is write down everything that you believe makes your company awesome and cross out every single thing that your competitors also claim. Notice I didn't say that your competitors also do everything that they promise that they do. Because remember, until someone's done business with you, they don't know if you're telling the truth or not. They're just comparing your positioning and your messaging to what other competitors are promising or claiming to them. So make sure that when you get go through that list, your differentiators that you've identified, the what's left when you eliminate everything that your competitors also say, that's what your positioning is going to focus around. And you have to look at that list and say, well, of what's left, what actually matters to my customers? Because just because it's important to you and it has a high emotional intensity and impact for you does not mean it's something that your customers care about. Oh my gosh. I, this is my favorite part of workshops. And maybe this is a little sadistic on my side because there is so much emotion when you see their beloved differentiators or their beloved benefits off the list. Quality off the list, customer service off the list, because you nailed it when you said it doesn't matter if it's not true. If your competitors claim it, that is probably what the market is comparing you to, which actually leads to the next one is do people even know what they're compared to? Now, this is really important because sometimes what you believe you're competing against is not what the market is actually comparing you to. So as an example, if you have a technology, no matter what industry that you're in, that is different from what's out there, where it's newer, or people are not quite as familiar with the benefit that you bring, you need to be able to talk to what they already understand and then correlate that to them. So what you are compared to in the mind of the market, not in your mind is absolutely critical. This ad is brought to you by the Marketing Blender Lab. Marketing is hard for everyone, but small businesses are stuck with small budgets, not enough time, and too many options. SEO, social, paid ads, email marketing, live events. How do you choose where to focus? These are the top challenges I hear from entrepreneurs. You keep getting generic marketing advice that doesn't apply to your business. You've watched tutorials and tried a bunch of tactics that didn't work. You still don't have clarity on what you should focus on to get results. You don't have enough time to get marketing done. And maybe you've worked with freelancers or agencies that have let you down. You can get expert advice and start making real progress. The Marketing Blender Lab gives you an affordable way to work with an experienced chief marketing officer and finally get a handle on your marketing. We help you figure out how to reach your target audience and get more customers, what to focus on so you stop wasting time and money, and how to delegate effectively so you don't have to do it all yourself. Join me in the lab and let's figure out how to grow your revenue faster. I'd like to just add a quick note from a, a client that I'm working with right now. So they have a very clear understanding of exactly who they're competing with off screen. They hear about their competitors out of the names of their customers all the time. But when we went through their digital audit process, we identified a handful of competitors that weren't even on their radar but are dominating the digital landscape. So don't assume that you know who all of your competitors are. Make sure you're doing the research and understand that if someone is competing with you online 
for ad spend around specific keywords, even if you provide completely different products or services, they are still your competition. Oh, you guys, that is a pro tip, pro tip. Make sure you really take that one seriously. So I love that. Now, one of the other things, one of the deeper questions, I think, once you get past this initial comparison and landscape type of conversation is what do people commonly misunderstand about your benefits or the things that you care about? And it really brings me back to the fact of most people built their business to serve a very specific problem, meaning they are customer and market centric. And then they lose it when they start thinking about how to market and position their company. And so those misunderstandings are actually not frustrations. They are really amazing signposts towards where you need to be pointing in order to communicate clearly to the market. They're actually gifts. They are. Every time a customer has a completely different understanding of what you do than what you just told them, they're giving you the exact roadmap of the areas of differentiation that you truly have. Because what their misunderstandings point to is what all your competitors are saying, what they're hearing from everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this also leads to sometimes you are just better. Like, you're just better. Oh, and this can go two different ways. You're better and your competition cannot claim it, or you're better and your competition can claim it. Now, when you're looking at both of these, the better and different obviously is the path of least resistance, but it does go back to what Daisy said about can they understand? Because if you're the only, oftentimes there can be misunderstanding or misconceptions about what you really are because they're trying to find the easy way to compare you. Now, if you are better that others can claim it, this is where you need to start asking those deeper questions about where are the places that you can provide clarity. I'll give you one example. We had a client that had this outstanding warranty. I mean, ludicrous to the point that they would lose money if anybody claimed and cashed in on the warranty. Absolutely amazing. And that's how better they were because their quality was exceptional that they would stand behind it. The market did not care at all. And when we started asking those questions about why and why not, wow, the answers were really fantastic because there ended up being small little sound bites about risk that was in the market, about hidden things that people didn't know. And it ended up creating a very compelling messaging strategy that later turned their warranty into a clear positioning component, a premium positioning component. But it was really diving deeper into these uncomfortable conversations. And when you had to cross them off the list and then say, why is that happening? Then there was where the magic really lied. Yes. Anytime you have a better versus better conversation where other people are claiming something, you have to ask, how can I prove it? And how can I prove it before I sell? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction really quickly. And that is when you have to work with a client who has a tarnished reputation or position in the market. One of the things I want you guys to understand is when it comes to positioning, you cannot argue your positioning If your clients and your customers in the market says you are here on the map, 
that is where you're at. So you actually have to acknowledge that and then start strategizing about how do we move there. But you cannot argue with what people perceive and believe in their own mind about you. Any tips on how you address that really challenge when people are perceived in a way that they think is unfair or not true? I think this really goes back to how your messaging choreography and your brand positioning work together. Because as I said earlier, it's about steering the ship. And that's not hard right turn. That is a slow process. So to your point, you have to meet people where they are. Acknowledge the concerns that they have up front. And salespeople who are experienced understand this. You get the elephant out of the way. And you acknowledge, hey, and if there was stuff that was done differently in the past, you know, having your messaging and your positioning be around what's new and what's different. And I'm not talking about, you know, the apartment complexes under new management, same as the old management, but make it part of the storytelling that you have around your positioning. I love it. Absolutely. Well, you guys, we really went into a very specific and somewhat misunderstood section. We would love to hear your questions. So post them in the comments. You can always DM us and um, we will see you on the next episode. Onward and upward. We hope you learned something today that will help you succeed with your marketing. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. Don't forget to check the show notes. We're sharing free tools and resources there. And you guys, we would love to hear your comments. So drop one in or send us an email and maybe we'll use your topic on a future show.